my privilege to minister the word tonight, and I'm looking forward to a good time in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Have you ever taken a road trip before, <clears throat> and uh, you came to a place where uh, you were really hungry? And I know that in the United States, when kids say, I'm starving, that has no uh, bearing at all on what starving really means. I mean, if you think about third world countries and that people are really, really very hungry around the world. But on the other hand, when you're taking that road trip and you start getting a hankering for something, have you ever gotten a hankering like, man, a burger sounds really good right about now. Man, or a taco sounds really good right about now. Or uh, maybe if you're into fruit, if you've ever traveled to certain areas where they grow some very rich fruit. I know up in Sonoma County, wow, those fruit stands. I remember stopping up at the side of the road at the fruit stand and the peaches were as big as grapefruits. They were so sweet. There's never been a like like it ever. I mean, every time I take I get a peach, I try to compare to that. I even stopped at the same, we stopped at the same fruit stand. It's still that year. I don't even know what year that was. It was amazing. But you know, when you get a hankering for that, I mean, you know, if you work for Safeway, I'm sorry. If you work for Lucky, I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying? When, when sometimes you buy fruit in the Bay Area, you know, it, you think you have something good until you go out into Sonoma County. You go to Oliver's or you go to Whole Foods and you see how, the, how lush everything. I think people are getting hungry right about now. <laughs> wow, the flavor. Instead of eating styrofoam apples, it's really, you feel the flavor. Wow, you don't have to add any color to that. It's the real thing. Well, yeah, you need, a, need two or three napkins. You need paper towels, right, Joe? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes when you're, when you're really on the road and you're hungry and you're, quote, starving, it really is good when you see a sign that says so-and-so, like Bob's big boy, five miles ahead. You're like, yes, ooh, yes, yes. Punch it, punch it. And then you see another sign, Bob's big boy, three miles ahead. Then Bob's big boy, one mile ahead. And then they start going into feet. 300 feet, 100 feet. They say, next right. How many of you have ever been there before? Now, what would happen if you pulled in to the eating establishment of your choice? Let's say we went to Bob's big boy. It was Bob's big boy. Went in there. He's like, oh, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Okay, let me have, let me have, uh, let me have the, the big, whatever the biggest burger you have with everything out. And goes, and the person behind the, the counter says, oh, we're really sorry. We ran out of meat. No. What? You ran out? What? Okay. And then he says, no, you just right. You ran out of meat? Well, we can still, we can put, you know, we can put a lot of lettuce and cheese. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Make it, make it a, a triple French fry. Oh, we ran out of potatoes. No. Serious? You ran out of potatoes too? Because, okay, look, look, we're real thirsty. Okay, how about, how about a vanilla milkshake? Yeah. Our shake machine is down. I'm sorry, we can't make shake. So you're standing at the seat like, what do you have? Well, let me see. Uh, would you like some water? Oh, well, the water machine's down too. If you turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 11, <laughs> you might get a feeling of what Jesus might have felt when he was really hungry on the on the morrow, in the King James Version, if you have a Bible, turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 12. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Speaking of Jesus. 
And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find a burger. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry. Any, anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. A little bit of clarification there. There are fig trees uh, over there in Palestine, in that area, that when the leaves are present, the fruit is also present. So it's just this lone tree out there with leaves on it, and these boys are hungry. I mean, they're starving. So he, he goes to, and this is promising to give you something, just like stopping at the Bob's Big Boy, right? Yeah. And that all the lights are up, everything's cool, the signs are out and everything. So you go out and you check it out and goes, well, we're out, we have nothing. So there, you know, when he came to it, something happened. He used that, I'm sure it was frustrating, but he used it as a, a teachable moment, and we're going to learn something from it tonight. Amen. A teachable moment as he, as he stopped along his trip to try to get something from it, and there was nothing there. So in verse 14, it's, it's part of what we're getting our title from tonight. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter and forever. And the disciples heard it. And then we drop down to verse 19. Of course, he went into the city and that. But now he's coming out on the way out. He, when he was come by, he went out of the city. Verse 20, and in the morning they passed by. They saw the Bob's big boy was shut down. I'm sorry, the fig tree was dried up from the roots. <laughs> all the furniture was sold. All the lights were out. Okay. Anyway, it was, pulled, it was dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remember, saying unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is wizard, withered away. And Jesus answering said unto him, Have, everybody say it, Have faith in God. We're going to talk about the lesson at the fig tree today. And you might remember it this way, Fig, have faith in God. Have faith in God. We're learning about Faith in God. Now, he used it as a teachable moment. And I, uh, I often wondered, well, why didn't Jesus just, you know, use faith and command fruit to happen? Instead, he spoke to it like that. And, uh, well, he did what, whatever he wanted to do. I'm not going to question him. But he used it as a teachable moment. How many you know if he would have said fruit be on there right now, they could have come back the next day and there would have been, wow, look at all this fruit on there. How did you do that? But instead, you know, it was different. But the, 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 whether, whether fruit or whether drive is not the point. The point is that he used it as a teachable moment for fig. Have faith in God. Amen. So now, notice what it says right after that moment, right after they observed the fig tree being withered up from the roots, is where he went into this portion of Scripture in verse 23, Verily I say unto you that whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So, I'm going to draw this towards the, towards the, the phrase, Jesus answered to it. Because oftentimes in life, we approach the fruit stands of life. 
<laughs> we approach our day and things promiseth much but delivereth little sometimes, if you know what I mean. And it's going to take faith at your point of need. Or let's not even say at your point of need. Let's just say at the point of need. Whatever the point of need is, it's going to take faith. See, the point of need could be anything. In Jesus' case, there, it was, it was the need for food. It was for need for substance, right? For sustenance. So he wanted food. And so in, in, another, in another instance, we're going to see how the need is for protection. In another instance, it's, it's a need for, for uh, other types of provision and, and uh, really deliverance from danger. Um, but the, the idea here is whenever you reach those points... In your life, when you get to that place, it takes the lesson from the fig tree. You've got to operate faith and become proficient at it. Now, I realize that we, many of you have been attending for a long time, but I also discovered something. Just because we attend a church that models faith, teaches faith, and you heard about faith, doesn't mean that you're walking in faith. Yeah. You can tell by the way people, the way some of us talk. And I'm, I'm pointing the finger toward myself as well. I mean, you reach situations and instead of approaching that challenge, because that's what it is. It is a challenge to your life, to your neighborhood, to your family, to, to your church, to your ministry. It's a challenge to your health. And oftentimes, we'll kind of cower back and start reviewing symptoms and commenting on what happened in the day instead of doing what Jesus did. Now, let's talk about a challenge because I want to call 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 it what it is. Challenges in life demand an answer. And that's why I like so much the way that Jesus said that he answered to the challenge. He answered to the tree. Notice this. And by the way, Jesus is the king of kings. And what we're learning here tonight, we're in king school tonight. You are kings and priests unto God. And when you are met with a challenge, you cannot ignore it. You can't hope that it goes away. You certainly can't just repeat it and tell the other person what it was. But you've got to answer to the challenge. Now... Kings always answer the challenge. Whether large or small, we must become fluent in answering challenges with the voice of faith and authority. And I used the word fluently because in the same manner that we learn a foreign language and or or how to play an instrument, you you do things, you do the routine and it's a little awkward. You're learning how to walk in this thing, how to say these uh, foreign words and you're trying to, you're thinking really in English but you're speaking in Spanish or if you're Spanish speaking and learning English, like my mom would, she would think in Spanish and hablar in inglés, you know. She would kind of, but you could hear the gears were really working hard. But we, we've got to become fluent in this. In other words, it's got to be automatic response. So let's talk about the challenge. Look what I found about a challenge. A challenge is something is to say or show that something may not be true, correct, or legal. So a challenge to you that that's, That's not right. That healing doesn't belong to you. You can't have that. How about that? To question the action of the authority of of someone. So we're kings and priests. Jesus said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And all of a sudden, something comes towards you. and, And you've got the word in your heart. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. 
But then the enemy will come and say, you know, that's not really true. They're going to question what kind of authority. When you say, I take authority over that. Like, they question you like, you, are, you, can you really have that kind of authority? I don't think so. It's not going to work this time. How about this? To dispute, especially as to be unjust and valid or outmoded. There's a lot of Christians. Oh, Lord. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people that think that church is outmoded. You guys are outdated. Friends, faith will not be outmoded. Not until the trumpet sounds. I know the greatest of these is love. I know that and we operate in our love by faith. But you know what? Jesus, when he comes back, he says, will I find faith on the earth? I thought that was very interesting that he said, am I going to find me some faith when I get back to this earth? Hallelujah. Faith pleases God. We can't live without it. He said, the just shall live by it. Didn't he say, this is how we overcome the world. We overcome the world by it. And how about this? To, uh, a challenge is to confront or defy boldly, to dare you. No, some things in life, when, when, you, when they come up against our life, they're easy. They just roll over like you, you, you speak the word and they roll over. But other things are more persistent. Am I the only person that? I mean, I don't know. Some seasons in life when I had to hit some things, we had to hit it and hit it and hit it and hit it. And we had to stick, hang on to that. To that scripture that says, but you have need of patience, that after you've done the will, you might receive the promise. Stand and stand and stand in the face of imminent danger or imminent, imminent, (laughs) imminent uh, destruction. But hallelujah, we're still standing. And how about the last one is to call out to a duel or combat. Ooh, every once in a while, you just got to be ready to stand. Having done all to stand. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. But against principality. And praise God, I'm telling you what. Let me, let me read this to you. Let me go back to the story about the fig tree. And I want to read it in the message version. I think I, I, I really, really liked it in the message version because it's going to talk to us about triumphing over obstacles uh, large and small. Listen to this in the, in the uh, Matthew 21, verse 18, in the message. It says, Early the next morning, Jesus was returning to the city. He was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree alongside the road, he approached it, anticipating a breakfast of figs. And when he got to the tree, there was nothing but fig leaves. He said, No more figs from this tree ever. And the tree withered on the spot, a dry stick. The disciples saw what happened. How about that? Rub their eyes saying, did we really see this? A leafy tree one minute and a dry stick the next. One version, that's how it describes it, that it happened to me. The other one says, then they came back. Whatever. However, it's still, whether it dried out instantly or by the next day, it's pretty amazing that it was a dry stick anyway. And Jesus, was a matter of fact, he said, listen to this. Yes, and if you embrace this kingdom life, Christian, Embrace this Christian life. I don't think I heard you heard me. It says, if you embrace this kingdom life and don't doubt God, you'll only do, you'll not only do minor feats like I did to the fig tree, but also triumph over huge obstacles. Huge obstacles. I believe that when you walk in this kind of faith, 
you overcome unemployment lines. Hallelujah. I believe when you walk in this kind of faith, you overcome gossip. You overcome people with malintent. That when you operate in a faith like this, praise God, I believe supplies come to you. When you don't know where in the world is this coming from. I have no idea how this is going to come to pass. But I know in whom I have believed. And you stand anyway and you declare and say. Just like your heavenly father. Who declares the end from the beginning. If you haven't made the regular practice of declaring things before you see them. Get going. And if you've already been doing it and do it 50% of the time. Let's up it to 60 or 70%. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just saying. And he says, you'll not only do minor feats like this, like the fig tree, but also triumph over huge obstacles. This mountain, for instance, you'll tell it, go jump in the lake and it will jump. Absolutely. Look at this. Absolutely everything ranging from small to large as you make it a part of your believing prayer gets included as you lay hold of God. You know, I was really impressed as I was reading the story of Jehoshaphat and, you know, when, when the, the, all the kings gathered in, in, what is it, 1 Chronicles 20 or whatever. They gathered, they fasted, and the entire nation laid hold of God. And they said this, we, uh, I never advocate for us to say to ourselves, we should not say, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. It better, it's better to say the Lord's showing us what to do. But despite the fact that they said, I don't, we don't know what to do against this mighty host that's come against us. We don't know how to defend ourselves. But actually they didn't know what to do. You know why? Because they all said, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Hallelujah. So they actually did know what to do. When you, when you don't have a clue, we know who do. Hallelujah. You just go up there. You just get into those heavenly places and you start praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I said you pray in the Holy Ghost. I had Pentecost Sunday night. It was awesome. Hallelujah. Pentecost Sunday was awesome. Man, it's just amazing when we say we don't know what to do and we don't have the, we, and we get wisdom just like that. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Praise God. So anyway, where were, you, where were you? He says absolutely everything ranging from small to large as you make it a part of your believing prayer gets included as you lay hold of God. So what's the number one important thing? Lay hold of God. Lay hold of God. Don't focus on what the task is ahead. Lay hold of God. Let's look at some challenges right quick. Will you go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17? So you have here, here's a challenge. Goliath challenges David. And the Philistine said in verse 10 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm in the New King James Version. The Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a, a man, you know, that we may fight together. And then, of course, you have David, who is going to uh, hear this. And he, of course, got very zealous for God. How many of you would agree that David had a hold of God? I mean, he totally, totally had a hold of God. So, you know, he tells his testimony to, uh, to King Saul. But you start, you, you see, he begins to answer the challenge. And let me just say something. David won the battle before he ever got out there. Yeah. 
The battle was not fought out there. The battle, the battle was fought in his heart. And it was already won before he ever stepped out there. And I'll show you where it happened because the same way that Jesus operated in faith at the fig tree, in this case, David is operating in faith for the defense of his country. I think we ought to stand for the defense of our country, friends. I think we ought to pray. We ought to believe God and declare and say things to, for the protection of the United States of America. For men and women in authority. For, for families of the earth. But look at this. I want to see, I want you to hear the faith that he released. He's, of course, testifying to, to um, Saul as he, he, somebody heard David speaking this faith talk and they brought him in to talk to uh, Saul. And so this is, Saul says, hey, you're just a kid, really? Do you really think you could go up against this guy? And in case you haven't seen what nine foot, ten feet is, go behind the semi sometimes when you're parked and you ride up and look way up to the top. Sometimes they have the, the numbers of how high, like nine foot, ten inches or whatever. Like, that's big. Yeah. Is that big? Yeah, that's, that's pretty big. That's pretty tall. That's how tall that guy was. And I know that David wasn't that tall. <laughs> Or, you know, but this is amazing. This is a man of war. He's trained to kill. He's killed lots and lots of people. But look at what David said. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he's defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me, here's a faith talking, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Can you hear the faith going in there? Hallelujah. We're in the right family. You know, can I just say it's the same Holy Spirit? It's the same word. It's the same faith. It's the same God. It's the same principle. And then we go to verse 43. Now they're out on the battlefield. But I already told you, he already won this before he ever got out there. Verse 43. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Philistine cursed David by his dog. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So he's cursing David and also he's cursing the armies and defying the armies. Then David said, then David said, then somebody say, then David said, You might say it this way. Then David answered. Answered. Don't leave a challenge unanswered, Christian. You get a report from the doctor about whatever. Or you get a report about something that went sour on the job. Don't just let the report sit there. You hear something that went wrong in the family. You know, sometimes family, they get in each other's business. And sometimes somebody, auntie so-and-so, falls out with auntie so-and-so. Don't get in the middle of it, and, but don't put your head in the sand. Instead, you can answer the challenge. Hallelujah. Answer. Answer it. Answer it. Answer to it. You know, it's funny, if you get real sensitive in, the, in, in your spirit, and you get real peaceful and real quiet, when you get a phone call, you could tell sometimes they say, we need, we need to see you right away. There's this, there's this situation, and you could, you could feel anxiety try to grip you. Hello. You could feel that. But instead, we have to answer to those things. It's like I, I'm, I'm feeling the same thing about, you know, here's another woman. Was it... 
was it uh, the woman? Uh, I don't think she was Syrophoenician. Maybe she was. Okay, she heard. She minutes she built a room for uh, Elijah would come by there and what have you, and then she she got a son and praise the Lord. But then that son died, right? And then when, when the report came that it died and whatever, she, she just laid him on the bed and then she went straight for the man of God. And she said, what did she answer to that situation? What did she answer? She said, it, say it, it, it is well, it shall be well, it shall be well. Amen. That's how she faced it. I mean, you know, the Bible is very clear. Stop letting yourself get agitated. You hear this awful noise in your car? I hate when you hear awful noises in your car. You get a little pain. You know, Pastor Mark said, you get a little pain, you're like, ooh, what's that pain? That's a dangerous question. What's that pain in your back? Oh, that's a dangerous question to ask. It's better to answer it. Don't ask it. Dear Lord, don't ask what is that pain. You better first answer it. (laughs) Solution. Hallelujah. Answer it with faith. Don't answer it with a question. Answer it with something that's going to confront that thing. Hallelujah. Boy, we're a little bit over the map and certainly off the notes. Where were we? Oh, yeah. So David. Yeah, David and Goliath. Then he goes on to profess what's going to happen. You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you how? In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head. You're going down. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts. Boy, this is a teenager, I think. Like, really? Wow, what is that? What, turn, what, what caused him to be like that? The fig. <laughs> the fig. Yeah. He ate figs that day. He had faith in God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Nancy. <laughs> he had fig newtons. As a matter of fact, I think his father sent figs. You know, with the, didn't he send figs? <laughs> he did, didn't he? Figs and cheese. And, uh, yeah. That's pretty good, Pastor Nancy. Thanks. I appreciate the help. I'll try to return the favor next time. Amen. So look, then all this assembly shall know. Now, see, there's a reason for this. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now, let me just stop there for a minute. I understand that this is a battle, and I know you've got a, Mr. Mr. Goliath, I understand that you've got a spear. I understand that you've got a sword. Yeah, you're big. You're real big. You're huge. You're big. I know. You see how many shekels, that, how, how heavy the shekels are on that thing you are. Yes, you big. But, so that this whole company know that we are not winning this with a sword and with a spear. See, God is into unconventional warfare. Is that all right? In fact, he's kind of unconventional all around. Hallelujah. I love the way God is unconventional. Shakomote lemetoria. Hallelujah. See, Sumanaya. You see, when he approached him, he said, I'm not, he says, I understand that you're a champion. Paraphrasing. I know that you're a champion. Yes, I know. I know you have all this stuff. But see, 
uh, you don't understand. Uh, we're going to win this fight because uh, we have uh, <clears throat> unconventional weapons. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And of course, the voice of faith. The voice of faith. Hallelujah. You know how precious your faith is, friends? Those of you that are believing God to, to move some things in your life. It's precious. It's precious. Hallelujah. As you declare and say, day after day, you rise and you say, it is well, you say. <laughs> and you declare the word and you speak the word again and again and again. Hallelujah. And you don't waver, you don't change your mind, but you stand firm. Having done all to stand, you stand. Hallelujah. That's precious. I said that's precious. Hallelujah. And uh, whatever that, whatever has come against you, it's going down. Hallelujah. It's so, it's so great when I see answered prayer. It is so awesome. When I see people talking to each other that were absolutely not talking to each other again. People being happy together. Uh, to, when I see people overcoming obstacles, diseases and things that there was really no hope. I'm telling you, God is good. Let's praise Him just for a minute here. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Part of the attack of the challenge, as we mentioned before, is that a challenger is going to challenge and dispute your, um, the validity of your position and the validity of who you are, the legality of who you are. I mean, think about it, and I'll just go over this quickly in Matthew chapter 1. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 4, I'm just skipping here. Uh, the enemy, Jesus, is being led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And it says here that he was hungry. And then the tempter came to him. And watch out when you're hungry. <laughs> now the tempter came to him and he said in verse number 3, If you're the Son of God. That's a direct assault against his identity. That is an assault against who he is and who, what he stands for and how and the kind of authority that he has. Amen. But of course, he, he didn't just let that lie. He, he said it is written. And of course, he, he came against, he answered to that, didn't he? He said it is written when Satan, if, if you're the son of God, command these stones become bread. And Jesus answered him and he said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The devil took him up again to a holy city. Pinnacle said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, for he'll give you. If, if you are the son of God. Three of, the, three of the temptations, two of them had to do with identity. And I want to just make clear here, I'm, that must be a real favorite of his if two out of the three was, had to do with identity. Don't let the devil mess with your identity. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when God said in Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against you shall prosper... And any tongue that rises against them in judgment, they shall show to be in the wrong. And when he goes on to say that their righteousness is of me, don't let the devil mess with your sense of righteousness. Man, so many Christians beating themselves up. Beating themselves up over a mistake they'd made. 
You know, the Bible says, wake to righteousness, friends. Hallelujah. This, is, this should be the time of our life, walking in the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. It's not what we did, it's what He did. It's not what you can do, it's what He did. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's great to be forgiven of all your sin. You know how awesome it is to be forgiven of all your sin? Hallelujah. To be redeemed from the curse of the law. So anyway, Jesus answered him by the word. And you need to answer by the word as well when you get identity attacks. Hallelujah. And then, of course, the other one was a shortcut attack. It was a lack of integrity and a lack of purpose. The other one, if he can't mess with your, if he can't mess with your identity, he'll go with your purpose. And Jesus' purpose was to go to that cross and to pay the price. He was to destroy the works of the devil. That was his purpose. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest into the world that he might do what? Destroy the works of the devil. But you see, the enemy tried to bring a shortcut. You know, in, in God, there are no shortcuts. You go by the way of the cross and you stay there. Hallelujah. You wake up, you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you stay on the word. And I don't need a new revelation. That's it. Hallelujah. And you walk by faith and not by sight. And you awake to righteousness. Hallelujah. And when a challenge comes, you, you answer it. Hallelujah. Answer it. Answer it. Let's, let's move, move along right here. A king's answer. Let me skip down to... Um, you, al- you already know that he made us kings and priests, right? He sure did. Um, in Revelations, I'm skipping far over to Revelations chapter 1 and verse 4 through 6. And New King James says... Uh, in verse, let's say, four, somewhere in there. Grace to you and peace to him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. What kings are those? Somebody said it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. We're those kings. We're the kings that he's kings over. He, he has made us kings and priests. Moving on. Praise the Lord. To him... Who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. So you're a king. Say, I'm a king or I'm a queen. Hallelujah. That's all right. So you've got the authority. So let me, let me just coach you a little bit on your answer as we draw this to kind of a little bit more, kind of a close, to a close. The kingdom of God is, the, the virtues in the kingdom of God are voice activated. We have a lot of fun with wireless things and voice activated things. We think that's really cute. You know, when you push this button on your phone and say, show me the nearest Bob's big boy. <laughs> and then, the nearest Bob's big boy is three miles. Actually, I think they shut the one down in Castro Valley. How many of you have Siri? Like, Siri, what's the closest? You know, and we think that's real cool. Look, check this out. Voice activated. <laughs> you know, we think that's really cool. You know, the kingdom of God was way, way ahead of the iPhone. The kingdom of heaven is voice activated. If you will believe in your heart, and, the, and if the mountain, catch this, if the mountain hears the voice of faith, it's not just somebody screaming. By the way, how do you get the faith? Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. Is that right? Abide in you. Oh man, we just live and we abide in the vine. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. So we're, are we in? We're all in, right? How many are you in? Hallelujah. We're in. I'm grafted in, man. I'm in. Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 
you should wake up every day and check your connection. Hallelujah. I don't feel much of a connection. Okay, that's better. Hallelujah. Get that connection going. I'm in. Praise God. Log in. Praise God. <laughs> but see, the kingdom of God is voice activated. And that's how you operate in the kingdom of God. More than, more, it's not about worry, and it's not really about meat and drink. Sorry about Bob's big boy. It's not about meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when you activate and you move things, you move them with a command, because you're a king. How do, what do kings do? The king doesn't go out there and move the boulder. The king gives a decree. That's why it said, and it will be done for him. He didn't say, then you're going to go out there and do it. He said, it will be done for him. Hallelujah. It will be done for you. It will be done by my Father which is in heaven, Jesus said. Hallelujah. And so, seeing that the kingdom of God is voice activated, praise God. Let's, let's, let's get a little coaching about when you operate in this command of faith in that. First of all, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 1. I want you to look at this. And we're always relying on the Lord. Never think, friends, never think, never take credit that we read so much scripture, that we, we have so much word, we know what to say. Never, never take credit for that. Always lean on the Lord. And what do you say? We lean on Him and let Him inspire us as to what to say. Because there will be things that you're not going to know what to say or what to pray. How do you know that? Give me scripture and verse. How about Romans chapter 8 and 26? For there are some things that you pray we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. But the Spirit within makes intercession for us. Hallelujah. Helpeth our infirmities. Hallelujah. Some, many times you're going to know what to do. The Spirit of God's going to quicken it to you. Praise the Lord. But I want you to know something. Look, look at this. I love this in Proverbs 16.1. The preparations of the heart belong to man. You get in the Word. You study the Word. You go to church like you did tonight. You fellowship around these things. You talk to your friends. when You talk to your family about it. You praise the Lord about it. You sing about it. You share it. You testify about it. These are things that that you can do. But there comes a time where you're going to need an answer. And I want you to know that the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. David did not go out there to face off with Goliath just because he had done some academic study about the Word of God. Or because he had a few good experiences with a lion and a bear. I firmly believe that an anointing came upon David. And that anointing was the answer that came. The answer came. And he spoke it and released it into the atmosphere. And so strong was that answer that people were stunned. You know how stunned people were to see the force of faith fly out of this 17-year-old kid? To such a degree that while his brothers... Watch this. While his brothers were saying, Eliab and that, they were saying, what are you doing here? We know what you're doing. You're just naughty. You're just coming here to see the battle. You're just messing with us. And then David is saying, what? What did I do? You know, but David is saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is? Huh? But the other ones that heard him, they brought him before Saul. And just to show you the caliber of the purity and the power of the answer that God had put in His Spirit because the answer is from the Lord. The answer from the mouth, say it with me, the answer of the mouth or the tongue is from the Lord. 
they, they brought him before Saul. And you want to know something really outrageous? Saul was just stupefied watching him like, wow, this kid, ah, oh, ah. Oh. He says, oh, okay, then here, put this on. And that doesn't work. Okay, take it off. So he went out with a stick and some stones. And he blew the, he blew the Philistine away. And a slingshot, thank you. And he blew the, and then they started asking, who is this kid? Wait, wait a minute. You have to catch the gravity of this. He didn't even know who this kid was. He, he, he went and he consulted with his guys like, okay, so who is this that we just sent out there? Who, who just did it? Listen, your entire nation is on the line. You got to get this. The nation is on the line. This is do or die, play for keeps. Your neck is on the line. Do you know what happens when a king loses... In battle, all right, they parade his body or his head on a stick, it's over. And everybody else becomes a slave. Are we clear here about the gravity of this? And Saul sent a kid, he didn't even know who he was. He says, who is he? Or, Whose kid is he? Like, where did he come from? After it was all over. And I'm just trying to tell you, that's how powerful it is when you operate with an, come on somebody, when you operate with an answer of the tongue that comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. There's authority in it. You can't fake that. You can't just quote it and try to make it happen. No, this is something that God gives utterance. The answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Look at it, look at it in the New, New International Version. To humans belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Hallelujah. And I want, you to, I want you to just really be in faith here to believe God that when you face a situation, you're gonna, He's going to quicken in you what that ends, how you're going to answer that thing. Look what it says in Isaiah 50 verse 40. It operates exactly this way. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4 in the Amplified says this. Friends, there's kingly authority in the answer from the Lord. For the word of a king is authority and power. And who can say to him, what are you doing? Let me say that again. For the word of a king is authority and power. David was acting more like a king than Saul was. Can you see that? I wish I could have said that Saul was the king and he was operating in his kingly authority. But I'm going to say something. Never mind what position you hold. You might be the youngest in the family. Hello. You might be the son or daughter. You might be in the company. You might be the newbie. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you something. If you've got the, if you've got the spirit of faith and you've got the answer and you answer to that. Hallelujah. You will move the mountain. You will move the attack. You will still the avenger. Hallelujah. God will come through for you. Hallelujah. And he'll not only save you, but all those that are with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, let's see in, in the, the, uh, in the uh, uh, American, New American Standard Bible, Ecclesiastes 8, 4 says, Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? 
And, uh, you know, in closing, I'm just going to say that, that we could stand to have more talks like this about understanding authority. 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 I think if we understood authority more, you know, people in the military, they understand authority. They understand what it means when you say, or people in, 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 in service where there is rank, they understand that. But people, hippies from the, you know, the 60s and 70s and that, they sowed that seed of anarchy like, well, their authority is bad. All authority is bad. Friends, not all authority is bad. God established authority. Look at the story, and I guess we'll close pretty close to here. Um, hallelujah. And that's the, 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 centurion under, the centurion understood about answering to things. Let me read this to you. I, I've, I've alluded to this, this passage often. I gravitate every couple of years. I gravitate back to it. But Matthew chapter 8 and verse 6 in the New King James Version. And he knew and understood that the kingdom of God was a kingdom that is voice activated just like the military. Notice what it says. Saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. That's in verse 6. I want, I want you to, to look at what it said in Luke so you understand the gravity of the situation. Luke chapter 7, verse 2 in the Amplified. Now a centurion had a bondservant who was held in honor and highly valued by him, who was sick at the point of death. It was really bad. It was looking really bad. How many of you know that he probably tried doctors of the day? But notice what he said in, as we read on in Luke, going back to Luke in verse 7. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word. Everybody say, say the word. Say the word. Or basically he's saying, just answer to this thing. If you could just, if I could just find me somebody that could answer to this. Friends, that's the same thing that's happening. When you have a family member or friend that calls you and, and they, are, they are messed up. There's a situation coming us and all they know is they made fun of you. But when the chips were down, they're calling you because they know that you have a hold of God and you know how to pray. But what they're really saying is they know that you know how to answer to something like this. Like some people will ignore the church. Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. But the moment something goes down, they're calling the church. Well, thank God they're calling the church. I mean, I'm happy. I'm glad that they'll call the person that knows how to pray. Because they need, you know, you can't make up an answer. You can't. The, the, why? Because the answer of the tongue comes from the Lord. And if you haven't been in his word, you haven't been hanging around his people. You haven't been training as a king. You haven't been, you're not proficient at this. It'll broadside you and you don't know what to do. But the person that's been going to church, the person that's been staying in his presence, the person that has been letting the word abide on the inside, the person that has been fellowshipping with God can discern the answer that comes from the Lord. And so he says, I need, basically he's saying, so he, has, he is a man of authority. And I have authority in this dimension, but I also humble myself. I don't have authority in the dimension that I really need right now. I need help. He loved this, this, this servant. He really valued him. But, you know, just because he had authority over here in the natural, militarily, did not mean that he had authority in the spirit. So never devalue your authority in the spirit. 
You might see somebody that's a highfalutin CEO that's acting all this and that. But honey, when that person something, the chips are down and they need somebody that knows how to pray, you step it up several notches because you're a king and a priest. Relax, everything's going to be okay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. This is a guy that's high up position wise, but he honored the Lord. And he says, but just say the word, just answer this thing and my servant will be healed for, for I'm a man placed under authority and having soldiers under me. I say to one, go and he goes to another, come and he comes and to my servant, do this. And he does it. Now that's amazing. When's the last time you asked your kids to do something and they actually did it? Don't answer that. I got a good one for you. Forget other people. When's the last time you told your flesh, stop it. We're not doing that. We're not having that second piece of whatever. All right, Joe. Second piece of pie. And then you can't, you're really working hard, but that flesh works on you and you just didn't turn it down. Hallelujah. There's always tomorrow. Hallelujah. Mercies are new every day. Unfortunately, so are the donuts. But you can overcome. Hallelujah. Listen, listen. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled. I don't think I ever saw in Scripture where Jesus actually marveled. And we're almost coming to the close. Relax, everybody. It's only a little after 8.30. He marveled at him. He turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, have not found such great faith, no, not in all of Israel. And those who were sent returning, and then uh, those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, uh, again, I am going to draw this out. I know I've said this before, but he said, the centurion said, I am a man of authority. I know how this works. I tell this person, you go over here and do this, and he does it. But I'm also under authority. My commander tells me, you take your company and go there, and we go there. That's how it works. I know how this works. So he understood how authority works. But I want you to understand something. Jesus said, I have not seen, he did not say, I have not seen so great authority. No, not in all of Israel. That's not what he said. What did he say? I have not seen so great faith. So the centurion was explaining to him about authority, and Jesus marveled at his faith. So, basically, what we're trying to point out here is that the centurion understood the structure. Oh, friends, you're a king and a priest. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He also gave that authority, authority to us. And then the centurion knew that if a person operates in authority that the power is released. Come on, help me, friends. That the power is released when you have an authorized dealer of the authority. Come on, friends. Hallelujah. Authorized dealers. How many know that you're an authorized dealer? Oh, of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm authorized. authorized. I have an authorized dealer. And you know, <laughs> he understood how this works. Now, if only we as Christians would really keep working, keep working this, keep working it. Hallelujah. To understand this is how it works. Hallelujah. So, praise God. So, you know, of course, Jesus did what he had, what he did. And he gave the command. And of course, you know what happened to the fever. Hallelujah. 
So let me just skip over here to, toward the back and let me just say this. We don't need commentators in the body of Christ. We don't need observers that say, this just happened. Ooh. We need people that have so saturated with God. So full. So believing in God that this is how it works. <laughs> that this is how, that we have this authority. And so sensitive to him that when they approach a situation, the opportunity, and they feel a quickening in their spirit, that they answer to it, praise God. <laughs> and you know what? That the, the love of God, the power of God, the deliverance of God is made manifest. How many of you going to try to do that? How many of you going to do it? Hallelujah. Not try, do. Hallelujah. There are some things you, there are things we train in. Hallelujah. What does training mean? That means, training means you do it and then you're not quite proficient, but you keep going at it. You have to practice this. You have to practice operating in that. Change your vocabulary. Get the language of the redeemed in your mouth. And like we heard earlier, both things that were small and things that are great. Don't wait until you have engine trouble. If you hear a little teeny little thing, a little knock or something, you speak immediately and you answer to it. You say, God, give me wisdom and you answer to it. Hallelujah. You feel a little teeny weeny weeny little pain, a little teeny. Don't wait till there's a stroke. You hear a, a teeny weeny little pain. You're like, oh, I answer to that in the name of Jesus. You hear a little, you hear somebody, a little argument in the house. Oh, I'll nip that right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over that. I bind you in Jesus' name. I speak the peace of God over my home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. Let's shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the answer of the mouth. Hallelujah. We acknowledge that you're all good. Praise God. In you, there's no darkness at all. Hallelujah. And Lord, you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We're excited tonight. We're thankful. We're invigorated. We're charged. Hallelujah. Because we understand, hallelujah, what kind of a covenant God you are and uh, what you've given us, Lord, the position that you've given us. Help us, Father God, to look down on things, praise God, as we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And authority has been given unto us. Help us, like the song says, bring glory to the Lamb. Let our name bring you glory, hallelujah. Let these mouths serve you, hallelujah. Let this mouth bring glory to God, hallelujah. And bring deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. May we operate and execute the office of the kings and the priests well in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And we give you glory and honor and praise for it in Jesus' name. Give God a shout on the way down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.